Atlanta News First investigates the largest investigative team in Georgia, holding the powerful accountable and fighting for you. Now, in this series of podcasts, we take you behind the scenes of our most recent investigations. Welcome to Behind the Investigation with Atlanta News First. Now, Behind the Investigation with Atlanta News First. Next on Behind the Investigation. Driving in the wrong lane and without headlights. You could be driving a phantom car without even knowing it, putting yourself and other drivers in danger. You sleep in there? Yeah. A man forced to live in his shed when a contractor allegedly took off with his money and his roof. I really believed him. I really believed him. Plus, kids kicked out of school because their parents didn't volunteer enough. She was crying. She was hysterical. And I knew instantly she's found out. Facial recognition designed to close cases, potentially putting the wrong people behind bars. Arresting me for absolutely no reason other than whatever you've seen on a picture. Atlanta News First investigates. Thank you for joining us for a special edition of Behind the Investigation with Atlanta News First investigates. We've all been there. You're driving down the road when all of a sudden another car passes you that you never saw because their headlights were off. Atlanta News First investigates why even you may be driving a phantom car without knowing it. When the sun goes down and the lights come up, the brightest objects compete for our attention. But the greatest danger is what's lurking in the shadows. Do you see it? Look closer. No headlights. Night after night, car after car, some with headlights on, but their taillights off. The drivers seemingly oblivious. Came in a flash. No taillights and no brake lights. Posts on social media highlight the trend. Everyone is seeing these cars or not seeing them. Driving in the wrong lane and without headlights. Sitting on the interstate with no headlights on. Across the nation. A vehicle with the headlights out. The truck didn't have its headlights on. Phantom vehicles are causing crashes and taking lives. Vehicle with no lights, white SUV. More than 80 miles per hour without headlights on. No headlights and going 90 miles per hour. But why is this happening? Our first theory, daytime running lamps. Daytime running lamps are lighting the road. The taillights are off. But those have been around for decades. Why are we seeing more phantom vehicles now? It turns out the answer has been right under our noses this entire time. The modern instrument panel. It's always on, even when the headlights are off. Night or day, day or night. The gauge cluster and radio are always lit in car after car after car after car manufactured in the last 10 years. Combined with the daytime running lamps, there are now multiple visual cues that the lights are on even though the headlights and taillights are dark. Before dashboards went digital, analog gauges stayed dark when the headlights were off. Not anymore. Cars with with no head or taillights at all or cars with perhaps just the daytime running lights and no taillights. Some manufacturers are noticing the problem too. Frank Weissman is with Atlanta-based Porsche North America. Porsche recognized this problem and did something about it, right? Most of our vehicles have technology where the headlights are automatically on as a default when you start up the vehicle. 
This is a new Ford. Turn the lights off, and the next time you start the car, the headlights default back to auto. New GMs have a spring switch, flipping back to auto when you restart the car. But Porsche went a step further. Headlights are on through the auto function. I can actively turn them off here, get the little message that I've done that. But as soon as I move off again, or above six miles an hour, headlights and taillights come back on. So even if the driver turns the headlights off, they will come back on automatically while they're driving? Correct. And then if you wanted to turn them off while you're driving, you can't. And I can't turn them off even if I wanted to. Porsche now installs these headlights on every new vehicle that has an always-on dashboard. Is there ever a time where there are headlights on but there are no taillights on? On these newer vehicles, no. And now it's the law in Canada. All new cars sold since last fall must have taillights that come on with the daytime running lamps or a dashboard that goes dark when the lights are off or auto headlights on by default. Many new cars now sold in the U.S. were designed to meet the new Canadian standards. So what we're getting the benefit of is essentially German engineering and Canadian regulation. <laughs> but the average car currently on our highways is more than 12 years old, which means we'll have to be on the lookout for phantom vehicles for another decade or so. So wait a second, you could be driving down the road, your headlights are off and you don't know it. What's the solution? Harry, make sure that auto headlight feature on those newer cars is set to auto. If you don't set it to auto, those lights won't come on automatically. Also get to know your car's dashboard. There's a symbol on there that tells you when the lights are on or off. And finally, if someone's behind you and you're not driving slow in the left lane and they're flashing their headlights at you, they may be trying to tell you something that your headlights are off, even though you can't tell. I didn't know about this. How did you even come up with this story? You know, as investigative reporters, we keep our eyes open and we see things. We see the world a little differently. We've all seen these cars with no headlights. I simply asked, why? Why is this happening? And we found the answer. And since we first did this story, I'm seeing even more phantom cars out there. We get complaints about contractors all the time, but this is a first because the contractor took the customer's money, took off the roof, and then took off, and then it rained, and that forced the homeowner to move into his shed. That's my kitchen, that's where I cook. People who say, well, at least you got a roof over your head. Microwave right there, got the fridge. Don't know what it's like to be Javier Cater. You sleep in there? Yeah. This shed has been his bedroom for two and a half months. You seem to be holding up pretty well. Ah, uh, I can, I, I trying to, um, I'm trying to. When Javier told us he didn't have a roof over his house, he meant it, it's gone along with the $55,000 he paid for a catastrophic renovation. All I needed was that little piece that was supposed to be put on for the kitchen and the roof redone. That was it. Now I'm redoing a whole new house. Javier had big plans. Subcontractors demolished the old roof in May. But Javier says that when the contractor didn't pay the crew, they walked off the job. It was a panic moment. I called him, text him, no answer. And then it rained almost every day for a month. Tell me how you really feel. <sighs> so where we, where we stand? What's the update? What's going on? What's the plan? Uh, everything is great. Javier interviewed several contractors and hired this guy, Clinton Garibaldi with Garibaldi Property Management and Construction. I really believe that 
He had a full company. He spoke my language. He understood what, what I wanted to do. Do you have a residential contractor's license in the state of Georgia? You personally. Garibaldi admitted to Atlanta News first that he does not have the required residential contractor's license. So how did he manage to pull the construction permit? He didn't. Garibaldi says he got this guy, his business associate with Armada Construction, Inc., to pull the permit for him. Javier says most of the work failed inspection. Is there any way to resolve this? Garibaldi refused to be interviewed, but claims his client hired the roofers who walked off the job, not him. He agreed to return $12,000, but never did. $12,000, the inside of his house is destroyed. $12,000. And then he disconnected his phone. Coming home, home for the night. Javier spent two and a half months in that shed, and then he lost his job. He got a new job, and he got a new licensed contractor to rebuild his house from the roof down. How does it feel to have a roof over your head? Great. Great, 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 great. Okay, Harry, this is so wild. Any update to the situation? There is an update, and it's a good one because he's out of the shed. He's back in his house against all odds. He got help from family. He got help from friends. And after the story aired, two contractors, local contractors from his home country in Dominica volunteered to come over and help. Amazing. Well, what can I do or what can the people at home do if we have to hire a contractor? What advice do you have for them? I would say the biggest advice is, is, is find out if they're licensed. Because, and we're not talking about a business license here. We're talking about an actual contractor's license. It is not easy to get in Georgia. And all you have to do is you go to the Secretary of State's website, you type in the name, you check to see if it's valid, and then you go from there. Next on Atlanta News First Investigates, behind the investigation. That's legalized discrimination. And we're financing. Three dozen kids kicked out of public school, but it wasn't because of their grades or disciplinary actions. Dozens of kids kicked out of school on the same day, not because of bad behavior or grades, but because their parents didn't meet a certain requirement. We're not talking about a private school. It's public. Atlanta News First investigates how it happened and why some believe it discriminates against low income parents. Like everything was going so smoothly that day. Celine Harris shadows her mom at home when she should be at school. It was a mistake. The seventh grader was kicked out four days before Christmas. She's, mommy, mommy, I got kicked out. And just profusely crying, out of breath. And I'm like, what do you mean you get kicked? Celine, calm down, calm. Her 13-year-old daughter then handed her a letter. And I opened the letter and I was, what? The letter notified her daughter was withdrawn from the Newton County Theme School next semester. Not because of failing grades, attendance, or behavior, but because her mother did not complete 10 of 20 volunteer hours by December 16th, as the school's parental contract required. According to records obtained from the district, at least 32 students were kicked out on the same day at the same school. Some expelled for not maintaining at least an 80% in class. Others because their parents didn't volunteer enough. The theme school is a public institution, 
but parents are required to be engaged. So my first reaction was, this, this has to be a mistake. Like, it happened to Amy Jones, too. Her seventh grade daughter kicked out because she was short just four volunteer hours. She was crying. She was hysterical. And I knew instantly she's found out. Jones, Harris, and other parents believe the school did not adequately communicate how many hours they needed to fulfill the contract. Take a look. From August to December last year, Harris received at least 41 emails from the school, reminders about Fashion Week, school spirit, and the annual canathon. The only reminder she did receive was this October letter saying the deadline to complete volunteer hours for K through seventh grade is May 12th, 2023, not the December 16th deadline listed on the contract. Harris thought that meant she had several more months to volunteer. It's not like we wanted to ignore, neglect the fact that we had to do this these hours, but we were given no reminders. And you're asking a parent to take time off to do volunteer hours, which is not going to pay a bill. You don't know how families are surviving. Stephen Owens is the education director for the Georgia Budget and Policy Institute. They found a way to restrict enrollment by having these requirements for how much the parents participate and how high the kids' grades are, which we know, especially in the younger grades, those kids' performance is directly tied to how much money their parents make. Case in point, the poverty rate among students at all Newton County Public Schools averages 73%. It's less than half that at the theme school, meaning the majority of theme school students come from the district's wealthiest families, making it one of the best academically performing schools. Like, that's legalized discrimination, and we're financing it. What's your reaction to that? Well, I would disagree, um, given the fact that everybody has access to the school. Samantha Fury is the Newton County School Superintendent. She admits the contract rules can prevent some families from attending the theme school. It's a choice school, and so not every parent has the time or wants to connect in the way that the parents at the theme school have, um, the way that they're connecting now. Um, but. I believe firmly that all of our schools offer the same sorts of experiences for children who um, are performing very well. Like everybody was crying that day. For now, Harris's daughter will take virtual classes this year, missing a school she loved that she feels didn't love her back. So wait, they're not getting rid of the parental contract? No, the superintendent tells me they will no longer kick students out mid-year like they did in this case, but that contract stays for now. And you sat down with the superintendent for a really long time. What else did she have to say? She says she regrets the way students were kicked out and how they learned they were getting kicked out. And she says she wished parents would have told them instead. Mm. You can go behind the scenes on all of our investigations by listening to our podcast. Just search Behind the Investigation with Atlanta News First wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up, new tech causing big issues for innocent people, especially people of color. Law enforcement are using facial recognition technology to solve crime, but Atlanta News First investigates reveals how the search for suspects could create more victims. 
Georgia, New Jersey, Michigan. We're the police. Don't tell us settle down. Cases divided by hundreds of miles, threaded by a simple connection. A search for robbery suspects created a trail of victims. November 25th, 2022, DeKalb County police stopped a car along I-20. The driver was Randall Reed. The 29-year-old was wanted. You got two theft warrants. They're both in Louisiana. I'm going to have a subject in custody. It's going to be him. It would not be him. I don't even know nobody in Louisiana. Randall had never been to the state, yet officers in two jurisdictions there accused him of stealing purses in Jefferson Parish in Baton Rouge. His attorneys say Louisiana law enforcement linked him to the crime he did not commit by using facial recognition technology. FRT is software that analyzes facial features, comparing one image to another to confirm a match. Put, put your phone in your pocket. It was not the right person in this arrest either. No, I don't get to go in my house. No, no. Not not and I got a warrant for retail fraud. First go home. In January 2020, using facial recognition technology, Detroit police linked Robert Williams to this surveillance video. The video shows a man stealing watches from a Michigan jewelry store. Robert, his family, and attorneys allege in a lawsuit detectives failed to thoroughly investigate beyond using the software. Arresting me for absolutely no reason other than whatever you've seen on a picture. With the facial recognition, like, you just can't take the facial recognition and say, oh, the, facial, the computer said it was him, so it was him. February 2019, this scene unfolds outside a Woodbridge, New Jersey hotel. A suspect parked in a Dodge Challenger is accused of stealing from the gift shop. As officers are questioning the driver, he cranks up his car. <laughs> Law enforcement later used facial recognition technology to run the actual suspect's fake license through the system. It falsely linked Niger to the crime he did not commit. Aggravated assault with a deadly weapon, shoplifting, eluding. My jaw just dropped. It was just like, huh? Like, where did you get all this from? All three jailed, all falsely matched, all black men. A national study finds FRT use contributes to greater racial disparities in arrests. The author, Dr. Thaddeus Johnson, is a professor at Georgia State University. And not only does he teach students about this, he trains police and he's a former officer. Dr. Johnson's study examines FRT deployment in more than 1,100 cities in subsequent arrests in 2016. The results show agencies which use FRT had a 55% higher arrest rate for black people and a 22% lower arrest rate for white people compared to agencies that did not use facial recognition. Uh, bias can be embedded on the very front end. According to the report, contributing factors in racial disparities include black people are overrepresented in image databases like mugshot, so they carry a greater risk of being misidentified. Plus, the lack of racially diverse programmers to train and build these algorithms. Also, the absence of federal guidelines to interpret these results and finally, the psychological effect of workers relying on shortcuts for time-sensitive, high-stakes decisions. 
More recent data by the National Institute of Standards and Technology reveals FRT has a wide range in accuracy across developers. For example, systems created in China have more accuracy in identifying Asian faces. Additionally, when it came to U.S. databases, the highest false positives were in people of color, Indian, African American, and Asian. We can use this technology, but we can't do it at the expense of inequity and discriminatory policing, whether it means we're not. Wow. So where are these companies getting photos in the first place? Is it from social media? Yeah, the short answer is yes. It's called scraping. They can use anything that's publicly posted on your social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. But experts say that may be against privacy policies of all these social media companies. Uh, Sierra, this has clearly been a passion project for you. What got you interested in this particular topic? Really, you, the viewer, when we found out one of our local law enforcement was considering using this technology, there was a bit of an uproar controversy on social media, so we went digging. You can find more impactful investigations at AtlantaNewsFirst.com or on the Atlanta News First app. Thanks for watching Behind the Investigation with Atlanta News First Investigates. We do this for you, uncovering the truth and holding the powerful accountable across Metro Atlanta. We'll see you next time.